a lot of times we, I think we're becoming more aware of the fact how much we need social interaction, mm. how much that human connectivity is so vital to our well-being. And when we can't experience that firsthand, be it in the form of face-to-face -face communication, regular get-togethers with friends and pals and coworkers, there seems to be a void. And there's this kind of emptiness that we start to feel. Yeah. Isolation, I heard it, loneliness. Um, yeah. The, the podcast, I was listening to my uh, trusty Peter Atia, Dr. Yeah. Peter Atia podcast. If only he knew the how drive. much you... Uh, Oh, I mean, I can assure work. you, he, he, I mean, there are plenty of fans out there. I know, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm one of legion, but, um, <laughs> the, uh, the thing he was, he was describing it as this, um, this sort of sense of malaise. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking to a psychotherapist, uh, who's a good friend of his and the psychotherapist identified it as a, um, a lack of morale. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's in part due to the lack of social interaction that we're having, but it's mm -hmm. also just um, that feeling that we're having. A lot of um, professionals, psychotherapists, psychologists are describing that actually what we're feeling as grief. Um, and so in order to sort of, you know, get back on track mentally, I think what's important is to really make it make a conscious effort to, if you have an internet connection, which if you're watching this now, you're lucky to have, um, yeah. then you can have social interaction. It won't be in the form of social interaction that you might be used to with face-to-face. Right. -face. Greg, we're not six feet apart here. I oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, well anyway, yeah. but yeah, we're, we still respect that if we, if we have to you know, go to the grocery store or anything. We are living together. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's the topic for today because it's so important to, even in the absence of face-to-face -face communication, we still need that social interaction. Totally, yeah. I mean, if you think about um, how suddenly this happened, yeah. uh, you start to realize why we were caught off guard uh, psychologically, right? Let's not talk about right now uh, the, the sort of bigger uh, governmental decisions yeah. and, and institutional decisions, but just psychologically, uh, we as individuals were caught off guard by this. Yeah. And to go from a fully enriched social life into uh, the most intense isolation that we as society have, have experienced yeah, in, in living memory, yeah. uh, it's, it's no wonder that, um, you know, we're struggling. And what I liked about uh, the, uh, the video that you put out yeah. earlier this week was, um, it was kind of like, a, um, you know, when you're, when you're working out, sometimes you wake up and you're like, ah, you know, I don't really wanna work out today. Sure. And then if you do that the next day, mm -hmm. Uh, it's even harder to work out. And then it gets to a point where you're like, you know, I'll work out when the sun comes back out. You start making excuses and it gets harder and harder to actually do it. I think the same thing happens with social skills. Yeah. 
right? And uh, I'll make small talk tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? I'll, 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 you know, I have that call. I'm going to put it off. I'm going to cancel it because I'd rather watch the show. Or yeah. it, that starts to happen, and you you start to get sort of pulled into this um, uh, even more dramatic isolation. That's in many ways self-imposed. Yeah, definitely. And I like what, what I liked about your video. Getting back to that is is that um, it challenges you to do the opposite. Yeah. Right. Instead of uh, giving in to that temptation to recede into yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and receding into yourself is different than introspection. We're, totally. We're be clear on that. Yeah. Because introspection, I, you know, we've talked about it a lot. That's mm -hmm. that could be a very therapeutic and beneficial process. And it's actually like at the end of your introspection session, your mind is, you know, uh, it feels just like it's worked so hard. Yeah, right? engaged. It, just, it feels engaged. And it wants to share yeah. your, your sort of uh, epiphanies with other right. people. Right, and you might feel tired yeah. after that, which yeah. are all good things because it shows that you actually, you know, did the work exactly. of right. introspection. But yeah, by, totally. by contrast, receding into yourself is more so this process of... Um, it's 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 a compounding effect of isolation. Yeah. And uh, one uh, sort of choice toward isolation versus socialization begets another to a point where suddenly you're, you're cooped up, you're not reaching out to anyone. And you don't want to get to that point. Yeah. And uh, part of that process is keeping your social skills strong. On point. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't only, only happen when um, during periods like this. Uh, but also, you know, um, when you might have just like a nasty stomach bug and it's very run of the mill and you just can't engage with anyone. Um, but it could also be when, you know, it's deep winter and you're maybe in a remote location, you're, you know, away from society. Or it could also be when you're in a different society and you don't know the language yet, you don't know the culture yet, you don't have any friends yet. Notice how I'm saying it yet because you <laughs> will get those things. Right. We were we were both uh, abroad in college, and I remember when I first went out, I went actually uh, to Turkey on a Fulbright in the beginning of my sort of career. I would guess you could call it. Yeah, right out of college, and you went on a Princeton fellowship. Uh, out of college very in, rural yeah, China very rural yeah. China and sort so of border of Tibet right and so we didn't have friends yet at the time when, when we just went out there so in the beginning it definitely felt a little it could have been isolating but I think we were both very proactive and we made friends we immersed ourselves in the community so we had social interaction so these are all important things to do in times like that it's not just for right. now Right. That's, that's an important point. Uh, periods of isolation can crop up, and you might not even really identify them. At least what we have in this situation is a clear sort of top-down government-mandated isolation, right? It's yeah. obvious that we're being isolated. There are definitely periods in your life, experiences that you go through that are isolating, and you may not have expected it to be isolating, and you may not even uh, uh, realize at the time uh, that they're isolating. Um, and, and I think your example is a very good one. I did feel isolated in, yeah. in real China. I yeah. mean, there, there were people around me, um, but isolation doesn't necessarily have to uh, require you to not be around people. It, isolation, social isolation, is more so about, uh, it's a psychological state of mind. Uh, and it says, it's basically your mind saying, I'm not able to connect with other people. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 
Like there's this moat between you and everyone else. Yeah. That's that's what we're talking about here, and that can happen in a crowd. There's a what's that that famous uh, line? Um, I, I get from Gatsby. I hate oh. small parties. There's no privacy. Uh, I love large parties. They're so intimate. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because um, and, and maybe it's the other way around, but uh, in terms of the order, but but that's the idea. When you're in a crowd. She, the, the the woman in, in the in the uh, story was saying that felt intimate to her because right. when you're in a crowd it actually is isolating. Yeah, you know you can you can blend you can in. Disappear, and you can disappear, right? You That's can it. be incognito, and it doesn't even have to be a masquerade ball, right? Right. Um, yeah. But I think yeah, exactly. Right. These are different situations and scenarios, even states of mind where we might find ourselves uh, folding in on ourselves and. Uh, becoming more of a recluse. But the problem with that is that, as you touched upon, social skills are a muscle, right? And if we don't practice our social skills and our communication strategies, then that, that muscle will atrophy. And so the next time you're out in society or you're at a networking event or you're at your friend's party and you notice you're having some anxiety around just saying hello to a friend of yours or making a little bit of small talk or telling a story where people are seated around you or you're, you know, at a dinner party. If you're finding yourself, you know, in those kinds of tense situations, then that means that we have to work on something, right? And yeah. and that's okay. Um, yeah. And you can experience that. You, you can think of yourself as a relatively uh, socially adept person, but... Even professional weight trainers, when they yeah. step out of the gym for any period of time, their performance goes down, right? right. So even the best of us uh, is going to experience uh, situations like this. And it's what's, what's great is that it's not a permanent state, right? You, your social skills uh, are always uh, modifiable, right? They're always, uh, there's always the ability to improve them. Uh, to strengthen them. There's no sort of upper limit where it's like, okay, my social skills simply can't get any better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I think I think that's important to recognize when uh, when you start to focus on you know developing them and also strengthening them. Absolutely. And I think you know um, everyone is socially awkward to a certain degree, and everyone has, a social skill or a communication um, strategy to improve upon. We're not all, you know, just born, you know, speaking so eloquently and having amazing social skills. Um, and so I think that recognizing what might be some of the um, weaknesses in those two specific areas, communication and social skills, um, we can really, you know, do ourselves a great service and the people that we interact with a great service by honing those skills and sharpening them. Because not only are you going to become more confident and um, communicative and have more empathy because you're communicating with people and, you know, you're having that human connection, but you'll also make the other person you're communicating with feel good as well. Yeah. Right, Greg? No, and that makes sense. Sorry, you were drinking <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you're, you're right that uh, good social skills, um, honed social skills, uh, 
have a dual benefit yeah. of both helping you engage in conversation and helping the person to whom you're speaking engage in conversation with you. Um, it's funny, I was, I was uh, thinking of other situations where I f would feel rusty with my social skills. Yeah. It can even be like a, a vacation. You know, vacations yeah. can be pretty isolating sometimes where it's yeah. just maybe you or you and your spouse or partner or... Um, children. Children, even. Siblings, yeah. But the point relatives. is you become very sort of, it's just you as a unit yeah. going around a very uh, often foreign uh, environment. So there isn't the, the typical routine. routine. Yeah. You're not engaging with colleagues. You're not engaging with friends uh, other than those in your immediate vicinity. So... Um, even that, you, you, everyone knows that feeling when you come come back into a situation that's lively and social, and you're like, "Whoa, <laughs> yeah. I feel a little bit that like a little weird. I just jumped into a much faster lane of traffic." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I also one of the funny things I remember from sort of last summer. Last summer we had a bunch of friends' weddings, and they were all in these beautiful remote locations. Our friends uh, decided to do destination weddings, which is really fantastic and a lot of fun. Um, but we had been, uh, you know, sort of in our studio, in our office, probably like 24 seven prior to that, we were just working really hard, kind of uh, holding up in That's our right. office spaces, yeah, and, yeah. you know, doing what we do for exploring. <laughs> and when we got to these places, I mean, we made so many friends, but I think the, the funniest part was that we talked so much yeah. <laughs> because we had been starved, right? We yeah, that's a really good point. Of this, that's, that's something this, to look out for, actually. Yeah, and we would talk to each other, obviously, but you know, it's different when you're making new friends and meeting people, and you have to sort of tell them what you do and what your interests are, and yeah. sort of ask. Yeah, about you them. feel you feel like the words start pouring out of your mouth, yeah. and you realize at that point. <laughs> That's a good indication <laughs> that you probably were a little socially starved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens. So, so I think, you know, there's a balance. And, um, I mean, if you love what you do and you do what you love, that's, that's amazing, right? And good for you. And I, I feel like we're in that boat and we're lucky to be in that boat. But, um, you know, I think this is a great opportunity to carve out some time to really work on your social skills. And that might, might sound a little confusing and antithetical because you're like, wait, MD, excuse me, I'm in my home. Like, I can't, you know. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> how am I going to do this? Well, like we said before, internet connection, right? That's amazing. Not everyone has an internet connection. So I think, you know, you're lucky. Um, and two, you can, you know, text message, you can Skype, you can Zoom. Skype, who does that anymore? Zoom, right, guys? Skype is Zoom. Uh, Zoom, you can uh, message. Skype just never worked that well. I know. It Skype just never worked that well. But it was the first. Right? I wanted it, it to work. It, it was. It was. And uh, it, it wasn't always owned by Microsoft, but even pre-Microsoft, it didn't work that well. Yeah. But it was, it was all I had. Right. And so now I'm seeing on social media people sort of like humble bragging about they have like 10 people in their Zoom, 30 people in their Zoom party. They'll do a screenshot. Yeah, yeah. People recent, uh, there was recently um, 
so Passover celebrations, right? I see the zaders, the cedars, and they put that out, and it's kind your, of your mom discovered uh, uh, the what? split screen in, oh, in uh, yeah. WhatsApp has yeah, a yeah, um, yeah, very cool a, a video chat. I didn't even know that, that you can split screen with multiple people. I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are like, guys, what, what are you talking what about? You talking I about? mean, come on, this is, this is basic stuff. So you can do multiple calls, but it is people. incredible. It is incredible. But the point is, even if you don't have an internet connection and you have a phone, uh, most of us do, and uh, you know. The, I think your point was 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 a very good one, which is sometimes when you are uh, outside, sometimes the best opportunity yeah. to work on something is yeah. when you're outside of your normal routine. Yeah. Where in in a typical day, uh, pre-pandemic, you're uh, in the office, you're uh, at the coffee shop, at the coffee shop, out with friends. Yeah. Uh, you're 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 being so social that you don't necessarily think about being social. Yeah, it just it's just happening. Happens when you are isolated, and you um, are you know looking for opportunities to be social. That itself is an opportunity to think about it in a more meta way. You step yeah. back and say, "What does it mean to be social? Uh, how how am I being social? What aspects of it do I miss?" And when you start to go through that thought process. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and start to sort of analyze uh, being social in a more structured way, that's, that's a great time to make improvements, yeah. right? And to, uh, to take, take your skills to another level. Right. So I think one thing to do here is to sit down quietly in whatever space you're in and think about what are the, what are the things that come to mind as something that you struggle with. And if you don't really know what that might be, run through a couple of social scenarios, like, and they can even be, you know, a phone call. That's still social, even though there's some distance there. Um, think about, would you get butterflies in your stomach? Do you, you know, start sweating? Do you feel uneasy? Um, you know, lack confidence when you think about those uh, social situations, like a small, like small talk, maybe storytelling, like I mentioned. That one's a big one because when everyone's looking at you, and you're, you might not be on stage, but you might be crowded around, you know, a dinner table and everyone's on you. And, you know, if you hiccup or something, then suddenly someone else is going to jump or in. Or give away the punchline too early. Or give away the punchline mm. too early, right? So everybody has these different things that they can work on. So you have to figure out what it is that you might want to spend time uh, honing and sharpening. Storytelling's a great one. Yeah. I think. I, I You know... That's one of those things where uh, you, you call someone up and say, Guess what happened? Guess what happened? Right. You, you, you can, uh, if, if you know that storytelling is something that you want to work on. Yeah. And it really, most of us do want to work on storytelling skills. It's one of the most important social skills and it's built into uh, Our DNA. the social process, right? Storytelling uh, for, for centuries, for millennia, uh, it was used to convey history, to convey. Uh, cultural knowledge, yeah. right? Um, so it's a great skill to work on. To teach children Even morals. if you're good at it. Yeah. To teach, yeah. To teach yeah, the next generation, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's a perfect example of where you can say, okay, uh, I'm going to think of a funny story. It might have been something that happened last night. Right. It might have been a wacky dream, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, here's a story. Uh, I'm now going to call, start easy, call your best friend. Yeah. Or your, your, your parent, right? Someone yeah. who's really easy or to talk sibling, to. Or a sibling, yeah. And spin the story. Yeah. 
And then ask for feedback. And then right? ask for feedback, yeah. absolutely. Because we need some corrective feedback um, in order to understand you know, what might have been better said or whatnot. Or it could be something like you want to work on your hand gestures and your nonverbal mm. communication. Okay, in face-to-face -face communication, that's very clear that we can do that. But in a Skype call or a Zoom call or a FaceTime, you still have this much you know, to show, right? So why not? Try to work on, you know, some of the hand gestures you might be um, trying to improve upon. Right, and and um, in that context, what you could say, or in that scenario, yeah, uh, you could start by again reaching out to someone who you're close to and say, "I'm gonna stand a little further back." I feel like a lot of people, particularly with friends, the camera's yeah. way up in their face, or it's like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe because they're in their underwear, but um. You uh, you zoom out right 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 and and say uh, I'm actually gonna stand back a little further uh, and if you don't mind uh, I wouldn't like it'd be great if you could sort of follow my my body uh, language. language and yes. gestures because this is something I'm working on yeah turn it into uh, an actual tutorial yeah and it's two birds with one stone because one you get to have a nice conversation with your friend absolutely and two you get some constructive feedback exactly. on something that you're working on. And it could even be something like posture, right? I feel like this is something Gosh, that we- Gosh, posture is my biggest challenge. We all work on. Yeah. So it could also be something like, hey, can you like look at my posture while I'm talking to you? Am I hunched over? Am I, you know, let me know how I'm doing. Um, but believe it or not, I was, I was uh, a couple months ago, because yeah, we've been socially isolating. Um, I talked to somebody and they were probably like Gen Z. So what is that? like? early 20s, mm -hmm. thereabouts. Um, and they were telling me that they are petrified of making a phone call. Mm. They do not want to get on the phone, even to make reservations at a restaurant, to make a hair appointment, to call the doctor's office. No. No, yeah. no, no, no. So uh, I have to be honest, yeah. I, I have that fear too. Really? I'm, I'm not but a... we grew up with the telephone. But still, see, that's case in point, right? We. I don't know. I yeah. didn't as much. I didn't as much. Really? Yeah. I was more so like, I was always an email guy. Greg, but what about when we were like eight? I wasn't on the phone <laughs> at eight. Were you on the phone at eight? I'm trying to think. Except like grandmother eight. maybe. No, not at eight. Not at eight. Right? By the time but, we but got... But I would call up like after school, we'd get home. And the, after... the U.S. was better with phones. Yeah, because you grew up abroad. In, in, in Asia, so I grew up in Hong Kong. Um, we were already using instant messenger, yeah, right? That's true. So I was more uh, accustomed to that kind of thing. That's true. I do remember having an instant yeah. message too in grade school. Anyway, the point is, is that the phone can be really terrifying for some people, and um, if that's the case, if if you you know you're raising your hand right now, <laughs> which is fine, then try to call somebody first. Start with like you said, somebody that you know you're in close proximity to. Um, Somebody then who might be a little bit maybe like, you know, uh, a business partner or somebody where the stakes are a little bit higher in terms of you doing a good job mm. and getting your communication points across and stuff yeah. like that, right? Yeah, it's uh, my my former boss uh, was good about uh, getting me to put, sort of push through this fear of mine um, because he was always telling me, don't, you, you know, get off your computer and just call the person, right? Mm. Just call them. Yeah. Just call them. It's it's. Uh, in fact, we're working on a lesson right now uh, that that uh, we we touch on that. Um, 
it's probably not going to come out for weeks, but the point is getting on the phone stay with tuned. someone, stay, stay tuned. Uh, getting on the phone with someone uh, is, is the best choice when, you know, when you look at your selection of options. Yeah. Um, because it is more immediate, it is more uh, intimate, uh, and there's a lot more information conveyed. Yes. Uh, and so it, it's a great fear to get over, yeah. right, if you can. Definitely. So, so what were you suggesting then in terms of yeah. overcoming that? Well, I mean, I would practice. I would really practice. And if, if at first you don't want to, let's, let's say the phone call is the, the thing that you want to work on, um, you should plan out what you might want to say, right, before, ahead of making the call. So kind of give yourself some prep time. I know it sounds strange, but... You want to be, you want to feel confident that you can make that call and you want to think about how you're going to convey the message, even if it's a story you want to tell or uh, you wouldn't believe what I learned, um, I'm taking this online course, like learn about this, whatever. Have, have basically have, have a purpose for the Have call. a purpose. Yeah. So if you want to script that out with just some bullet points, I'm not talking verbatim, then you know, pretend like you're on the call and maybe videotape yourself, take your phone and videotape it, maybe audio record it and then analyze it and see, well, okay, I could have done this better. Maybe my, you know, intonation was a little bit off here and then actually make the phone call. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, you know, part of the fear for me is that I'm interrupting them, that somehow they're so busy uh, and for me to call them is, is like this rude or intrusive thing. The reality is, most people like that interruption. Yeah, it's welcome. It's welcome, right. The, the opportunity to, to chat with another person, uh, whether it is business or personal, uh, most of the time, particularly I feel like in times like now, yeah. um, but in general, most of the time, people enjoy having a conversation. There's less and less of it these days because so much of our communication has shifted to digital uh, and specifically sort of written email, uh, collaboration tools and so forth. Yeah. The opportunity to speak to someone is kind of a nice one. And uh, I have to remind myself of that when I feel reluctant to place that call. Because the truth is I'm probably not an inconvenience. Uh, it's more likely that I'm a welcome diversion. Definitely. Yeah, and they want to hear from you. Right. Maybe they were waiting for that, for that call. Yeah. Um, the other thing you know you can think about is not necessarily the communication channel like a phone call, having a phone call, conver phone conversation, but the person that you are going to telephone, right? So maybe you, there's a, uh, you know, a former, uh, coach of yours or, a um, a, a relative or somebody who's a, in a different generation than you and their main, um, you know, channel of communication is the phone. That's what they're used to. They don't do instant message. They don't do Snapchat or FaceTime. Maybe there's some anxiety around, oh, I haven't t spoken to that person in ages. Mm. How can I reach out to them? Is it going to be awkward? Is it going to be bizarre? So that might be something that, you know, you might say, well, I could work on that. That would be a great thing to hone. Because the reality is, is that right now when everyone's home, like you said, people want to hear from people. Right, right. Right. So there's no better time to reach out to someone that you may not have reached out to in a exactly. while. Exactly. It could right. be years, right? Maybe this is an old babysitter of yours or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So just think of it that way. Um, but I think 
really taking the time to think about different things, like even active listening, right? Anything that comprises communication and social interaction, you can still do social interaction from your couch. If you're, if you're struggling to come up with a topic, just uh, check out our blog. Exactly. <laughs> there are a bunch of different you know, skills, exactly. I think, that you could work on. Right. And so treat those, right? Go through our blog. We have hundreds of lessons up at this point. So go through, look at something, whatever catches your eye, and treat that as a challenge or a mm. quest, a communication quest. I think yeah, that's what we should yeah, call yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah, I really like that. A communication quest, and you are embarking now on this journey to complete the mission, Right. So let's say it's active listening. If you're home with family, go and have a sit, sit down and have a conversation and be a proactive listener, right? Not a, a passive sort of I'm kind of listening, I'm also on my phone and you know, I'm thinking about right. what to make for dinner or something. Really be active. And then listen to how they're saying it. Yep. Listen to why they're saying mm -hmm. it. Right? And then ask questions. Ask, ask follow-up questions. I think a lot of times we just want to like talk about ourselves, right? We don't Especially, I think, with people that we might take for granted, like family members, siblings, things like that. And you don't really know the person as well as you could. So ask them these poignant questions. I think they'll really appreciate that, right? I, I agree. And a thought occurred to me, um, I, we always are relating um, social skills to uh, muscles training, yeah. right? But I think there's, there's uh, it's not a but. I think there is uh, a really strong connection here in terms of overlapping disciplines within or overlapping competencies uh, within communication. Because, for example, uh, when you're trying to uh, improve your bench press, right, which is where you have a bar with the weights and you're lying on your back and you push the bar up, right, the most obvious way to improve the bench press is to bench press, right? To just keep lifting that bar. Um, and uh, the equivalent here would be to say, oh, I'm, I want to work on my public speaking, so the most obvious thing to do is give public speeches. Okay, but there are a variety of other ways you can improve your bench press, right? You can do push-ups, um, even things like pull-ups, things that strengthen your supporting muscles. You use your back muscles, you use some of your shoulders, so you can maybe do some lat raises. So there's a variety of supporting muscle groups that you can work on that will improve that sort of more central skill that is your bench press. It's the same with social skills, right? If you want to improve public speaking, yeah. maybe by working on your storytelling skills, maybe by your posture, your posture your, you know, right? All presence. these other side skills um, help refine the bigger picture of, of your, um, your social aptitude more yeah. broadly. I love that. That is such a great analogy. It's Thank all you. of the supporting muscles that you also need to work on. Right. You always tell me um, about push-ups and or like pull-ups. Let's go with pull-ups because that's sort of what I'm working on right now. Pull-ups are very difficult. So difficult. If you do a nice clean pull-up from full extension all the way to full contraction, it's that's insane. a tough thing to do. It's insane. Um, but you know, it's important to work on the things you want to work on. And so Greg always... Uh, tells me that it's it's not just about, just what he said, right? It's not just about trying to do that pull-up form. It's the other things that you can be doing, like your lats, is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah, strengthening your lats. Your lats. Your just hanging, weights. right? Just grip. strengthening your forearm, your, your grip. grip. Right, right. Anyway, so these are, you know, we make these analogies. Yes, okay, this is not a fitness channel, but <laughs> we approach uh, communication holistically, right? And so if we can come up with these analogies, I think that will resonate with 
some of you, then why not? Yeah. So I think uh, the main takeaway here is uh, periods of social isolation, uh, A, can feel isolating, and B, uh, can, can trigger a process that makes you feel even more isolated and less socially capable. Uh, but with a shift in mindset, you can actually turn it into an opportunity to develop your social skills mm -hmm. and develop them in ways that you don't normally do or have time to do.